Hey everyone, it is Tom Kradza, and on this episode of the podcast, we have a great story for you. This is a love story between Cherry Chan and Erwin Sito. They are both um, real estate investors. Cherry is an accountant, if you don't know that. They are married to each other, um, and they're just like this awesome power team of real estate superness. Superness? can't believe I just said that. Anyway, superness. Um, and uh, on this episode of the podcast, they share their story. They share their story about real estate. We talk about some accounting stuff naturally. Um, Irwin shares about some, uh, some of the stuff that he has coming up this fall, some big news around a speaker that he's bringing in, Grant Cardone. If you don't know Grant Cardone, he is one of the big personalities in real estate in the U.S. Irwin is bringing, up, uh, bringing him up here to Canada. If you don't know Irwin, Irwin has been part of the Rockstar team since, I think he says on the podcast, since 2010. He is a great guy, also runs his own podcast. Um, someone uh, told me earlier, a few weeks ago, that I, I call everyone who comes on the podcast a good guy. So I'll say Erwin is a good guy. Um, he's uh, he's uh, worth listening to. They sh- I, I really like sharing their story um, around their family, how Erwin and Cherry both manage some of their family time and their kids. So we cover a lot of bases on this podcast. So hopefully you'll enjoy it. And we cover a lot of bases on something that we just put together for you. It's it's uh, a new report that we are just releasing called Ontario's Population Explosion, The Untold Story. How Ontario's population trends are creating amazing opportunities for savvy real estate investors like you. So if you want to get your hands on some of the data that we are constantly referencing about population growth, you can go to rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash reports and you can get this brand new report from us in there we've collected some of the stats canada data that we reference some of the data from the government of ontario that we reference some other news articles that we reference we put a bunch of the charts in here and we've also taken some of the go train stuff that we have shared over the last year specifically on the go train expansion and some of their own projections because that's a little bit of a treasure map for real estate investors when you marry the population growth in this area to the go train expansion it's almost like a roadmap or treasure map on where to be buying properties so that's all covered in this report you can go to rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash reports to get that and on that page, we also have three other reports for you. We have the Destruction of the Middle Class Report, if you haven't got that one yet. We have a report called, Does Paying for Your Kids' Education Really Make Sense? And I just really want to be clear about something. We are not anti-education. We are big believers in education. Nick and I are still educating ourselves and paying for education constantly. We're just measuring the cost of a degree against the cost of an income property if both purchased roughly at the same time. And that was just a thought experiment we put into this. So it might be worth checking out. And we have a blueprint. We call it a roadmap to $235,000 of yearly income by investing in local real estate. That is the blueprint of a real estate investor that we've worked with over the years and how he's created that much income for himself with properties. So you can get all those reports at rockstarinnercircle.com. That's it for now. Let's get on with the podcast. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay. All right, guys, we are here with the you guys are pretty much like a famous... I feel like this is a famous couple, no? No, oh, we're not Okay, famous. I think you are. Nobody knows who um, we are. Erwin Sito <laughs> and Cherry Chan. Yeah. And it's a great dynamic duo because Erwin... I've heard through the grapevine that Erwin buys properties and doesn't tell his wife. <laughs> but his wife's an accountant. So I don't know. That probably shocks you. But then you can do like accounting magic to just fit these properties into your portfolio and make them all work. <laughs> so uh, you guys are a magical combo that way. Yeah, I don't think... Uh, what did I call you in the other uh, podcast I call you can I say that you can say whatever you want oh I call him an asshole yeah. oh really oh my podcast that. she calls me yeah. an asshole oh yeah <laughs> yeah I call him an asshole why do you call him an asshole <laughs> I think it's one of these things that he is doing it for the first time and he also did not see the property himself he put a, an offer into the property that he's never seen and um, we've never seen it um, just to give you the context, uh, the previous one that he intended to put an offer in, and I asked him just a few basic questions, right? Like, hey, did you do uh, a comm? 
And then the comp came back and showing like maybe four fifty, and we're buying it. When at you say comp, do you mean like a comp, like a comparable? A comparable. Oh, okay, got on the it. Property. Okay, got it. You would have thought that Mr. Hamilton would do some comparative himself, <laughs> right? Like do do comps himself, and obviously he didn't do it. Um, or got, my, like assistant, my assistant did it. <laughs> And so, so then he went back to his office and say, "Hey, like <laughs> Megan, can you do it?" Megan, his assistant, did it, and then came back and say, "Hey, like the calm is showing like four hundred or something," but then one of his team members said that is worth five hundred, and I'm like, "Why is it worth five hundred?" Because he came in to tell me, "Hey, like this deal is really five hundred, and we're buying it at three fifty." But the comp is showing at four hundred, and I'm like, "What's going on?" Yeah, it's too skinny. Yeah. yeah, and then I'm like, "What's going on? Why is your agent say, saying five hundred? Did you not look at it yourself?" He obviously did not look at it himself. So when he told me, he came back and found the second deal. He's like, oh, "Yeah, I'm putting an offer," and I'm like, uh, "What the hell? Like, did you look at comps?" And this time he's a bit more prepared. Wow, Cherry, I didn't expect you to just go all in on this this <laughs> comment. Yeah, keep going. This is great. Okay. <laughs> yeah, what the hell are you doing, Erwin? Yeah, keep going, Cherry. Sorry. I, like going, it's one of going. the best deal that we've landed on, but it's just that because of the way that he approached the first one, potential first one, we didn't end up buying the first one. That it triggered me calling him an asshole. But that's yeah. when you know you're getting too comfortable with real estate. When Irwin is like, "Yeah, this is a good deal, and you're gonna get it for three fifty. You think it's worth five hundred, and you're really not putting that much more effort into it other than that. And you have to have your wife Cherry call you out and say, "Hey, is it really <laughs> is it really worth the five hundred thousand? Well, so what did you buy? Like, what did, what is this one that you bought? So the one we actually we, the one we actually made an offer on. So in, in my really poor negotiation communication with my wife. Hence, I earned the, the term asshole. Uh, I told her, great deal. Like, don't worry. We, we're, she's like, oh, have, you haven't seen it, right? Like, no, I haven't seen it. Is so there, get a conditional inspection. Is there a home inspection? No. No, no, no. At first, there was. But then the, the seller the seller uh, struck it out. And and then like, okay. <laughs> so I still haven't seen it. Lost no, our inspection condition. Yeah, no inspection. Where is this property? Uh, 200 meters from McMaster University. Okay, so it was a student rental? Uh, no, it was owner-occupied at the time. Okay, yeah. got it. You're yeah. buying it to convert it into a student rental. Yeah, yeah, that's our plan. Okay, this yeah. is the one we were just talking about before we went live on this podcast? Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. got it. Yeah. So you bought this thing, good deal, and you're going to turn it into a student rental. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. didn't do a home inspection? We did after we had the deal accepted. Okay. Uh, just because I know my insurance company is going to need it. They're going to want it. And also, I wanted a checklist for... Uh, and also, it was Rob Chain who also does measurements for... Um, uh, I also wanted him to look at it in case I could do a second suite. I, I didn't think I could going in, uh, but still I wanted and uh, I, I wanted his eyes on that property. But we did we did inspect about uh, just a few days after we had a firm offer on the property. Did you like what you found? Everything came back okay? Uh, it was acceptable. Everything was acceptable. Okay. And can you turn it into a second suite out there? No, I don't have the parking for it. I knew that going in though. Okay, but the area was zoned for it. You just didn't have the parking for it. Uh, yeah, likely yes, yeah. but I, I knew yeah. without the I knew I wouldn't get it without the parking. I didn't have the parking. Okay, why are you buying properties so casually? You're just that comfortable with like because to me I can see myself the reason I can relate, Cherry, because I can see <laughs> myself doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah, because people ask us all the time, "Hey, Tom, Nick, where do we buy properties?" And at this point, it feels like I could close my eyes mm -hmm. and it just tell me I'm in Ontario. I could probably figure out what city I'm in. I touch a property and I can figure out with you know how many bedrooms does it have, what income it's going to generate, and if the price point is right it just makes sense just buy the thing oh no, no, but, no, no, but that I is being it. very casual i'm yep. not recommending anybody buy properties with that particular <laughs> no. strategy but yeah. i can see your, how irwin and you would get to that point when you understand a market really intimately right. well we yeah. understand it really well like we understand the location well actually at the time when he told me about the deal i he never mentioned the location he just said it's in hamilton I'm like, great. Where about in Hamilton? Never told me until probably 10 days before or maybe after closing or something. So like all my, like I, when I call him names, it's all justified. <laughs> just yeah. kidding. Yeah. It's, the decision was easy in my head. I just need to explain what was in my head to Cherry. <laughs> Got it. So uh, so he explains it. You go ahead with yeah. this thing. You've closed on this property now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Going yeah. through renovations. Some expected, unexpected stuff, but... Uh, Who handles that between you two? Because, Cherry, you're running your accounting practice. Yeah, yeah. And Irwin, so I'm imagining, Irwin, this is something you run, and then you just keep Cherry up to date? Uh, we've kind of divided our portfolio and conquered that way. Okay. Uh, so I'm dealing with more the more active stuff right now. Uh, so I'm the one that's checking on it once in a while, uh, dealing with contractors, 
uh, getting insurance. Uh, Chair deals with a little lending on that sort of stuff because I basically have an in-house CFO, which is very handy. Highly recommend it to anybody. <laughs> the, um, we, I deal with all this in Catherine's one because when I first started, um, I handle all this in Catherine's lease. I handle all this in Catherine's team. And um, so I still handle that part. And he being Mr. Hamilton himself, so he handles everything that's in Hamilton. Got right. it. Right. And then um, from bookkeeping point of view, I'm curious because my bookkeeping strategy has always been I come home with uh, receipts from different properties. Mm -hmm. And then I, I still, to this day, we don't quite do it like this, but for many years, we just had manila envelopes mm -hmm. written with the property address on it. And if I came home with a receipt from that particular property, I would stick it in that manila envelope. And then really, sometimes it would just live there and almost until the end of the year. Then I would take all the receipts out. I would put them into my own spreadsheet. Then I would transfer that information over to the T770. What is it again? Yes, T776. T776, yeah. which is the income tax form, basically, yeah, to yeah. record all the income and expenses on... The personal return. On, for personal mm -hmm. returns on mm -hmm. rental properties. Mm -hmm. So I take it all off my spreadsheet and then pass it over to the accountant that we yeah. use. He would put it in there and I was kind of done with it. Yeah. Um, that re little strategy works really really well so what do you guys do now? for many years we do things a little differently now mm -hmm. because you know we have businesses and we have more bookkeeping programs and that kind of stuff but what do you guys do for receipts and bookkeeping uh i would say we're pretty similar okay but in terms of um the way you structure things but our envelope is not a physical copy of the envelope we use apps so we take a picture Okay, and you can okay. use apps, because every time I start using apps for this kind of stuff, mm -hmm. I lose my stuff in the digital world. Uh, like, I yeah. need to print it out and hand it to a place. Mm -hmm. That You guys don't need to do that. You can actually survive with using apps to collect all your receipts. I use apps. Um, I think Erwin is working on it. He's uh, currently saving everything in his envelope and then handing it to my team. Got it, okay. Yeah. I still love that strategy. Yeah. So what apps do you, so what do you recommend? I can't say I necessarily recommend one okay, thing over the other. What, what, but, um, what do you like? So right now I'm using uh, an app called HubDog. What is it? HubDog? Hub. It's just oh, the HubDog. 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 Yeah. H-U-B-D-O-C. Yeah, HubDog. Okay. And what it allows me to do is essentially take a picture of the um, the receipt. And if you set up properly in the back end, it can be synced directly to your QuickBooks Online account and it publish it for you. That scares the shit out of me. <laughs> you can no, really, that just that just really scares me, man. But I, I, I got it. Okay. But then also, but let's say I have multiple yeah. businesses. Then you send the receipt to the wrong business. Because what are you sending it to? Like an email address that's specifically set up? No, it's an app. So yeah. the app. Once you sorry, once you mm -hmm. set up the app, it's tied directly to a QuickBooks online application, which is for an existing business. Yes. So you choose the wrong business. Yes. It's going to the wrong place. Yes, it can be yeah, the okay. same way. Same okay. way as you do your envelope system, right? Yeah, yeah, no. But it's just a electronic version of your yeah, your envelope it. system. Okay, but in that app, it's actually taking the receipt and you do you give the general ledger account? Like, how do you classify it? Um, so depending on how you sort it through, you can tag it by property. So I can tag it by ABC property, and then um, when we set it up, e certain part can be automated, certain part cannot be automated. So the part that we can classify it by property, saying ABC, this tag is belongs to ABC property, we can book it directly in QuickBooks Online Oh, okay, that, no, that actually sounds better than I thought. Yeah. Okay. So, but then it is not as simple, and it's a setup. It's a process, and it's a process that we've been working on for a couple of years now. Okay, got it. Yeah. And that's what you're recommending some of the investors you work with set um, up? Not necessarily HubDoc because uh, HubDoc is being purchased by some Australian company. And um, so there are other apps that, uh, that are available out there. And QuickBooks Online, who's also um, the head of product, he's also a Rockstar member, Scott Zandenberg. Zandenberg. Um, he is um, he is a head of QuickBooks Online. And he's what do you mean he's the head of QuickBooks Online? Uh, I think he's the head of product of QuickBooks Online. Really? Well, at least the last time I checked, he okay. was. Yeah, so then he said that in the future, the development of QuickBooks would be uh, would have certain capability. We don't need an external app on top of QuickBooks Online to do certain function. I'm looking forward to that. 
Yeah, no, that would be freaking amazing. Okay. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. Because yeah, right now, I still will walk in with receipts for properties or different businesses, and mm -hmm. then I have little different deposit points where I put specific receipts for a specific mm -hmm. business or for a property. And then the bookkeeper who manages yep. that knows that if they reach into that area and pull out receipts, it's from me for this business or this, yep. this uh, property. So yep. I'm still a little old school that way, but this sounds pretty good. It's the same, essentially same as you, your own. Yeah, this is just yeah, streamlining it. Yeah, no, I get it. I know I sound like yeah. I'm a million years old right no, now. No, no, I no, 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 no. <laughs> I just like the way um, that we're doing now. Okay, and then when you're doing your bookkeeping with, sorry, I didn't mean to get into, Erwin, I'm coming back to you in a second, <laughs> but on the bookkeeping questions, now I'm, I'm used getting, to this. Now I'm, getting, now I'm curious. Now I'm curious because we usually meet with our accountant about a month before fiscal year end, mm -hmm. just to look over yeah. our income statements, look over the properties, kind of almost like a strategy session. Yeah. We usually have those actually about twice a year. Mm -hmm. um, is that something you recommend for people? Or if you have like one property, there's no need, you know, just file your taxes, collect your income and expenses and you're good to go. So depending on your your type, the type of businesses that you're in, right? Like properties, they're pretty straightforward. Um, so we usually recommend our clients to talk to us um, during the year and definitely before year end. Otherwise, we would not be able to do any planning because planning is done ahead of time, not afterwards. Um, so we recommend them to talk to us every time they make a major decision. If they want to sell a property, they want to get a better understanding. We want them to talk to us and we can let you know roughly how much it's going to cost you to sell this property. I mean, the cost in terms of CLA's cost. Um, and then we can maybe recommend, hey, like maybe you shouldn't sell, maybe you should refinance. So we look at different options with our clients. Okay, so you, you have that kind of strategy session as well. Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. and then so when you guys are working together with all this stuff, because you have your accounting practice that's growing, Erwin, you're doing a whole ton of real estate stuff, and we're going to talk about Grant Cardone in a second, what you're doing in November. Mm -hmm. But how are you guys managing stuff on the family front? Like who's responsible? When, like when Irwin wants to go to the gym, who has the kids at that moment? Our nanny. So you hire a nanny who lives in the house? Yeah, we have or a live-in nanny. Yeah. A live-in nanny. And how long have you had a live-in nanny for? Five years. Uh, yeah, um, since 2014, okay. October. And that's a strategy yeah. that you would recommend? Everyone who I know who has a live-in nanny is like, yeah, I'll just <laughs> never go without a live-in nanny. So that's something that you love. That's just like one of the MVPs of our household. Yeah, got it. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so that's giving you guys a lot of different freedom because the live-in nanny does uh, picking up kids from school, that kind of stuff, dropping off the kids to school, yeah. picking mm -hmm. up from school. Yeah. Meals. Yeah. Meals. Meals. Who's taking out the garbage? Nanny. Yeah. yeah okay. Uh -huh. I remember I had a neighbor and his nanny used to take out the garbage and he looked at me one day and he said, uh, Tom, just for that alone, I, I actually hate taking out the garbage. Mm -hmm. I just hate it, but it has to be done. Yeah. Um, so just that alone, he told me, he's like, Tom, just that alone is amazing. I was like, holy smokes. So that you're very, I'm sure you're very grateful and feel fortunate that mm -hmm. you can totally afford to do that. Not everybody can do that. I, I have an argument to that. Like people always tell us, oh, I can't afford to have a nanny. But the truth is like, like our kids are five and four. That one is turning four. She's, he's still three right now. For to put someone into the daycare, it costs about a thousand two hundred dollars full time. Like to put him into totally, time yeah, daycare, yeah. it doesn't include meal prep, doesn't include anything. If you multiply that by two, that's the cost of the nanny. Except the nanny also cooks and cleans. Yeah, mm -hmm. got it. And pick up the kids. Okay, so you yeah. justified it. That's totally worth it. My favorite yeah. thing I, is, um, like, come five five thirty at the end of the day, whenever our end of our work day, we cut ourselves off. And then we can spend time with the kids. We can go play outside. We can ride some bikes. We can hop in the hot tub while our nanny's cooking dinner. So you really cut yourselves off? So like at 5 or 5.30, you're not checking email? You're not checking your phone? Not perfect. Give, give me, I'm give far me, from give perfect. Give it to me straight. Yeah, I'm far from perfect. Because I, I know, I think Nick just walked in, by the way. Nick, can you hear me? I can hear you. It's yeah, great. Oh, this is amazing. Okay. Miracles of technology. Hey, Nick is here now. But I'm laughing because Cherry just Cherry shook her head like, I know, like emphatically. I know. <laughs> I know. You know why? I, I think maybe f five years ago, it was much easier to cut yourself off. Phones have gotten so good. That is hard because if you're reading something about the Raptors or the Leafs on your phone and a text message comes in, it's really hard to ignore that if that's something to do with a real estate problem or something, right? Mm -hmm. But you guys do intentionally try to cut yourselves off at that time. Yeah, I'll try to leave my phone somewhere else. Smart. Take it out of yeah. my pocket. Where do you leave it? 
Well, just like in the bookshelf or something. Yeah, yeah, it's hard though also because I want my camera with me. When the Raptors were in the finals, how were you reading all the articles and watching the pregame videos then if you didn't have your phone on you? That's what I want to know. Oh, read. I had that. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> the, the whole Raptors thing was just destroyed yeah. our schedules. I, checked, I think I checked TSN, the TSN app for new articles and videos like 14 times a day. It was kind of sad. But don't you <laughs> find you're reading more of that stuff on your phone than you ever have? Yeah. yeah. Like I totally yeah. am. The Raptors and got I me hate- back on Twitter. I was like not using Twitter for ages. Now I'm back on Twitter just to read articles from the media <laughs> folks that I like. Yeah, got it. Okay, what other Get things do you guys do between you? Because you both have busy lives, right? With everything going on. So at 5, 5.30, you try to cut off. You try to put your phone away if possible on a bookshelf or something like that. Sometimes mm-hmm. it happens, sometimes it doesn't, whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's the intention. What other things do you guys, or do you have any other things that you guys try to implement in your lives just to manage all this stuff? I, I try not to do too much with my phone until the ki- until at least one kid's on the bus, uh, and so that's around eight thirty ish, and then I'll start working around eight thirty. Okay, so you do try not to pick up your phone before like eight thirty in the morning. Yeah. yeah, do nothing serious with it. Don't start working. Don't read email. Absolutely, don't read email. What what time are you getting up in the morning? Uh, I usually get up when the kids get me up. So what time do you go to bed? I'm trying to be better with the Raptors being over and much being much better. Uh, Nine or ten. Nine or ten? Yeah. Oh my god! I need more sleep than you do. No, no, no! I want to go to bed at nine or ten. This is yeah. a running joke in my family that my family knows I want to go to bed at nine or ten o'clock at night. I never do, so I can spend time with them. When do you get up? When they get me up, so it's usually around seven. Yeah, that's a good amount of sleep, man. Yeah. That's sometimes great. earlier, dude. You're, you yeah. no, need no, less I, sleep. No, no, no. <laughs> that's a good amount no, of sleep. I'm, I'm bad. I, I can't recover for crap. Have you done your cortisol <laughs> level stuff? Like, do you know how? Not you lately. Cor- I feel way better though before I before I started taking those tests. Yeah, I, I used get, to have like nap all the time before I did my, did my cortisol tests and my food sensitivities. So, what do you think it is now? It'd be good. To, it'd be actually good to test. I only tested it once, but uh, I don't. I don't need those afternoon naps anymore, like I did when I. No kidding! I You're yeah. sleeping for nine or ten hours a night. Who yeah, the hell no, needs an afternoon nap? It's one of the nap? best things I've ever done. Yeah, intermittent like, fasting is sleep. I agree with that. I think it's a good amount of sleep. Yeah. I, I wish I had that much sleep. You got, Nine look, to look, seven. You're, 40, you're, you're 45 going on 60. You're whatever, See, Nick's 30. Nick's aging too. He doesn't even know my age. Yeah. <laughs> I'm older than 45. But but uh, that's a good amount of sleep. He's saying yeah. 10 to 7. Listen, I doubt you're going to bed 9 all the time. That's no, no, no. I that. might start winding down. I try, yeah, yeah, yeah. I try to stop working. Like last time, I was po- last night I was podcasting until almost 9.30, for example. So then I was a bit wired after that. Um, but I, what it, my problem was, though, was that I was finding I was, I was irritable. Especially when the kids were going to bed, I was way too irritable, and that and that. So I was trying to figure out how to control that, and and more sleep helped that. That's the biggest thing. What that time helped. do your kids go to bed? Uh, we try to get them around seven to eight. Seven, oh my gosh, you are so screwed in the future. I'm so looking forward to this because your kids are not going to go to bed at seven or seven thirty. You know, as they age, nanny or no nanny, they're going to go to bed at ten, ten thirty. Now sometimes Aiden's not coming home. We're not wrapping up. We're not in the house until after ten mm. from a soccer practice. So yeah, enjoy that sleep now, Erwin. It's <laughs> it's coming back. And then Cherry, what kind of hours do you keep similar or slightly different? Tell me if I shouldn't be asking this stuff. Either. I'm just kind of curious. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, I usually go to bed at nine. You do. Uh, but then I get up earlier than Erwan, way earlier. What what time is that? Um, the kids do not bother Erwan. Kids come in and say, "Mommy, I want this. I, Mommy, I want that." But my kids are pretty good in the morning. We're so spoiled, to be honest. I, I I don't even know if we should share this. They would get up at six and they play in their room. They share one room right now. And uh, they would play in their room until 7, 7.30, and then come get us after. Yeah, wow. You're totally spoiled if that's yeah. already happening. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Good for you guys. We'll train them to get their own breakfast soon enough. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, the sleep time. And, and, and wh- why? what time are you going to bed right now? I, I go to bed, I don't know. I'm usually in bed by 10.30, 10, 15, 10.30. Sometimes so it's like 11. 11 is too late. So you're falling asleep by ten forty-five most. No, nights? no, like I'm asleep by I'm asleep by like ten thirty, let's say. Oh, okay. And then up at most what time? Five twenty-five. Wow, because he's hitting yeah. the gym for six. Yep. Mm. Sometimes yeah. I sleep until five forty-five. Yeah, my my house isn't winding <laughs> down. I'm not in bed until eleven thirty. Like That's asleep, falling again. asleep at eleven thirty. Yeah, I don't know. Like I'm in bed earlier, but I mean out by eleven thirty. If I get seven hours, I'm I'm like. So I'm like, that's good. Like, I mean, I'm, I I probably need more. I'm not saying, but I just mean, I feel okay. Nine hours is like, I, I mean, maybe once a year I do, maybe when I'm sick. I, I just don't, I, like even on, on Sundays, 
if I stay up late on Saturday, I'll just, I won't even be able to sleep that long on a Sunday just because of the routine I'm in. Mm-hmm. What, what about your yearly schedules between you two? Uh, do you have like vacations that you absolutely want to take every year? Like, do you take a Christmas vacation around December or do you take like a spring vacation? Do you do that kind of planning with your family or is it a little bit haphazard and random? Bit haphazard. Totally random. Totally random. Um, the only trip that I make plans of is my, uh, my visit to my family. Got in it. Hong that Kong once a year. Once yeah. a year. When do you yeah. take that one? Uh, usually in November or December. And how many weeks of vacation do you guys ideally want to take a year? I want a six. Four to six. Yeah. yeah. Four to six? Yeah. That doesn't sound like you guys care about vacation very much. <laughs> you Let give, me ask. Irvin gives ranges of everything. Yeah, yeah. There's uh-huh. no answer. Irvin, what do you <laughs> our, our lives are we're quite blessed. Our lives are quite good. Right? So how, uh, how hard, on a scale of one to ten, how hard do you think you're working a week right now. Cherry's working harder than you. I already know for Cherry's sure. Working Cherry works but longer than I already Yeah, no, I already know this yeah. answer. But for you, how on a scale of one to 10, not that anything's right or wrong. I'm just curious. What do you, what would you think your capacity is? 10 is the most you could be possibly working. One is the least. Where are you? So the thing is with my training schedule, with golf, jujitsu, CrossFit, I am at my limits. Uh, I'd have to give up a lot of that stuff, but I enjoy a lot of those things in order to be able to do more work. You're right, Nick. Erwin doesn't answer he questions. Kind of bullshit answers that. No, no, no. That's no, I, I, sleep no so but much. the thing is, I understand is because he's he's basically saying yeah. he's at a ten yeah. for all the things you're. But now, remove the golf, the CrossFit, and what was the other thing? Jujitsu. Yeah, yeah. And then where are you at on a scale of one to ten? Probably a six. Yeah, I'd say. So. I was thinking, so I had seven in my head. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, I okay. could do way more work, but yeah. it's oh no, but that's nice great. to enjoy I mean, life. We're all about living life. Oh, yeah. no, no, we're not saying yeah. not to work. Completely yeah. no, that's completely great. Yeah. I'm just we're not curious. saying not to work. We're saying you got to answer the question. Okay, got it. And, and Cherry, you're at a nine out of ten, so I didn't even have to ask you. I feel like you're wor- I, I no. I think I'm eleven out of ten. Yeah, yeah but you're growing a business. <laughs> well, it's nice that your husband's there to help you. <laughs> Come back down to a ten. <laughs> it's the other way around, right? Like when you're an accountant, you don't have a choice. Like it's on you like his business all the financial decision and everything is on you because you are the accountant there's there's no other choice Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah but you guys are growing you're also growing the business you're growing the team you're building momentum in your business whereas i feel like erwin's a little more established with what he has going on um he's also a lot better at delegating than i am um yeah my team's older so they were my team's much more mature so we have our problems but Oh my gosh, everyone. Yeah, for sure. We all, everyone's got their problems. So Erwin, how do you handle the delegation when someone on your team isn't doing something the way you would do it? What do you, how do you handle that? Uh, (laughs) It's it's funny because one thing I've done is actually everyone on my team is now coached by my coach as well. So then that way I have some oversight. (laughs) Uh, That way they're they're learning the same way I learned. Uh, And with the newer folks, I'm pairing them up. So they, they spend a lot more time shadowing the rest of my team, more, more uh, senior team members. Uh, and uh, I have a weekly call with, uh, with my two newer agents to go over things. But and so twice a week, they're being coached, one by me, one by my coach. Uh, so that's how we keep tabs on things. We could have been doing a better job, obviously, uh, but this is a, a pretty good path. And also I have- Why, because your coach rats them out to you? Yeah. How you yeah. Keep, oh, really? Yeah. I didn't expect that. But they're answer. doing well. They're doing they're doing they're doing kind of ex- as expected. Yeah. But you know, there's a learning curve. You know, everyone needs to communicate better. Uh, everyone needs to uh, work on their sales skills just like everything. I think everyone can totally. improve. I can always improve. I know that too. Okay. Well, it's a pretty good system. I don't know if Nick and I could ever do that. Maybe we're too much micromanagers. Uh, yeah. I we think one of the things is uh, just like every entrepreneur, every business owner or manager, you kind of have to accept that folks will not do what you do right yeah i've accepted that it's it's the the, the i haven't I, the coaches we haven't we've found have been, co- temp, temp, been temporary solutions because um yeah, we, yeah. we haven't For found a, a coach that we can have a long-standing relationship with because mm-hmm. all the coaches and the different masterminds and stuff we've had, mm-hmm. they've served us very specific purpose in the stage of growth that we happen to be in at that time. They didn't really serve like an ongoing purpose for us, but I can see your coach is almost acting like a sales manager for you. Yeah, in the, in the, yeah, yeah, like they're they're kind of dealing with the sales team. Mm-hmm. They're managing the sales team. You've kind of outsourced that role through this coach. Mm-hmm. We've never quite had a coach mm-hmm. kind of like th- at that capacity mm-hmm. because of, we've always just handled that between us. 
So you guys have each other too, because you guys totally. are you guys are mad driven. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you Remember guys don't need to push as much as like I do, and my team mm-hmm. does. <laughs> Remember that one guy that started talking? About, I forget what he was saying on the phone, and I just got really frustrated. And I'm like, look. <laughs> like basically, no, we was talking about. Uh, I don't want to say any names, but anyways, remind me the situation. We oh, were on yeah. the phone. I was about the personality things, and he's like, and he started asking just some weird questions. I'm like, man, like I just got so frustrated. Cause I'm like, why are you asking me such these crazy yeah, questions? Like, let's just get down something. to like business here, man. Like, what are we doing here? You know? Yeah, once Nick's decided somebody's full of shit, he's just going to call them out <laughs> on their bullshit, you know? And, and in that case, you had decided this particular person was full of shit. I think I did. I, I, that probably wasn't right then. Yeah, but but yeah, you're probably right. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're more patient than you used to be, you've ever been. Uh, anyway, we'll leave that because I want to come back to Cherry now for a second. Cherry, um, when ta- people talk to you about real estate as a, from an accountant's perspective, mm-hmm. what arguments can you make for and against real estate like from your point of view like you guys are obviously in real estate so you're going to have a heavy bias towards it but is there anything that you guys say against real estate like hey you know what before you get into it this is something from my perspective that i think you should consider because it might not be right for you do you ever have that discussion oh yeah all the what, time. so what are some of the kinds of things that you bring to people's attention or when i'm going to ask you the same thing um I think we have one client, uh, our common client. Uh, she's no longer a client because she moved out of province. Um, she uh, she bought the student rental and it went really well. And then, uh, but she didn't want anything to do with it anymore. One is enough. And like I always use that as an example when I see prospective clients because some people come in and they said, "Oh, I want to set up a corporation way away for the very first one." And I usually hold them back and say, "Hey, like you should." Why wait. do you hold them back? Um, it, it costs money to set up a corporation and maintain the corporation, right? But then if you are only buying one property, unless you're super concerned about your uh, the risk liability, um, the risk involving managing your property, I would tell them not to just until you're more committed. Um, the decision is always about how committed you are rather than... Um, uh, hey, like, does it make sense? Of course, like, there is, I always explain to my client, hey, like, if you own properties in the corporation, it's not going to be um, giving you immediate benefit unless there are, like, flips. If it is just long-term rental, then that's a different story. Like, it's going to take a couple of years or a few properties to get to the break-even point, and then, and then you will see benefits later on. And, and that's because for the first few years, there's just not a ca- enough cash flow running through the business exactly. with your properties to yeah. pay for just the overhead of accounting and that kind of exactly. stuff? Exactly. Okay, but why for flips? Is there a bit of an immediate benefit? Oh, flips are considered business. So okay. it's just like Rockstar's uh, income, then it will be taxed that small business tax rate. So at 12.5%. Exactly. Up to $500,000 of net income. Yeah. Okay. Whereas if you're doing rental properties and selling them, a CRA is going to consider that a capital gain? A passive income. Sorry, the rent passive income. Mm -hmm. And then if you sell the property... That's a capital gain. Yeah, it's a capital gain. It's okay. taxed at uh, still taxed at fifty percent of it is taxable, and then it's taxed at fifty percent. Okay, and then how how often would that happen before CRA says, okay, this isn't a capital gain; it's actually a business because you seem to be buying and selling rental properties over a period of some time or so many a year. Does CRA ever do that? Uh, they do. It's one of the most audited area, but it's not usually not with related to rental property per se. Uh, it's usually with people who do not report any rental income and then sell it and report it as capital. Gain. Oh, got it. OK. Yeah. And then going back to the person who left the province and, you know, when we were talking about like getting out mm-hmm. of real estate or it's not or some of the things that it's not right for. Mm-hmm. Can you continue down that line of thinking? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so some other client would come to me with uh, larger, large um size of portfolio and they came to me and say hey like I'm planning to sell this property and I'm going to retire and she may clear $200,000 from the sale and that's not enough for her to um, to buy another property she's winding down her business and everything so then I tell her like maybe you should consider second mortgage or investment in the other options available because depending on the life uh, I guess the life stage that you are on you may not like real estate may not be the right thing for you to do Okay, and then from an accounting point of view, because that all makes sense, from an accounting point of view, what are some of the biggest benefits you find from real estate, strictly from the accounting point of view? Oh, you can refinance, and it's tax-free mostly. Um, You don't have to pay tax um, until 
for on your rental income, you can usually claim capital cost allowance and you can postpone it until the year that you sell. Those are really huge tax benefit, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. The refinance one where you can extract money out of your exactly. property. Are there any exceptions to that where you have to be careful or where you like refinance a property, give the money to yourself? Yeah. Um, what do you have to consider in that type of situation? If you take the money and not for investment, for personal use purpose, you are you are buying your next home. Because a lot of investors would start with um, converting their existing primary residence into a rental property and then extract the money to buy their next home. Um, technically speaking, interest related to that um, equity that you pull out would, be, uh, would not be tax deductible. Got it, okay. Yeah. So when you pull out money from a property, it should be used for another investment. Yeah, Nothing. any type of investment. doesn't have to be real estate, but it has to be investment. Yeah, got it. Okay. Even if it is GIC earning like 0.5% interest. Yeah, got it's it. still investment. Got it. Okay, and if, and if it's used as such, then it's tax-free. Uh, it's used as such, then the interest related to the equity that you pull out would be deductible. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Cool. And now, Erwin, for you, um, from your perspective, do you ever tell people, huh, you know what, real estate's not right for you? Because I find like between yourself, myself, and Nick, it's the answer is pretty much like, hey, buy assets, man. If you're not building a business, mm -hmm. then the best asset you can buy is a nice. I always think of a, a nice income property as the best business in a box. Customers are there. They show up every day. They actually live there. They pay you every month. They don't pay you. They leave the property. Like it's the best business in a box. Yeah. But do you ever find yourself talking people out of it? Or, uh, or no? If they have way too many concerns, then I'll ask them if they really want it. But then I, I go back to like, what is the problem they're trying to solve? Like for us, we bought each of our kids a house because we're petrified of having to work longer into our retirement years to afford like the $140,000 it's gonna cost for tuition. Because based on inflation today, that's what the tuition is gonna cost for them to go to school. So I'm not, like, just think, how long does it take anybody to save $140,000 of after-tax money? So I'm trying to solve a problem. And so I go to my client as well, like, what's your problem? What are you willing to do to solve this problem? Because real estate is, uh, it's, it is a business. Uh, it's a really good business. It's an employee-less business. For anyone who manages people, they know the difference between having to manage employees and having to be a customer. Because in our properties, we're, we're primarily customers. Our co we're a customer of our contractor, customer of our property manager, customer of my appliance guy, right? And so to get rid of someone is quite simple. Right. If like my plants guy, I just don't call him again. I go to a new guy. Right. So I am you have so much control in that way versus when you run a business and you have employees, you know, you have to pay CPP, you know, you could be talking unions. It's all much more challenging. So that's the beauty of, of real estate. Like you said, investment in a box. And I always like to add to that an employee list business. The biggest negative uh, for me, because I, I still want your answer on like uh, the, the concerns that people would bring mm -hmm, up, mm -hmm. just to get, give some idea. The biggest negative for me are the unexpected calls that you will get. Nick's always had a great way to kind of rationalize this, but that's the biggest negative in real estate I find, because there's no like announcement like, Irwin, heads up, one of your properties in mid-July is going to have a flood, so book off a day because you're going to be dealing with a lot of plumbers that day. Like, it's never that. It's right. always unexpected. Right. Your Everyone's calendar is always full. So the unexpectedness of the problems, which don't happen that often, mm -hmm. and if you have the right contractors, you can usually get around those pretty easily, mm -hmm. but it's that interruption in your life mm -hmm. that can't be planned for that is to me, one of the biggest negatives, especially if you're raising a young family and you're mm -hmm. busy and doing other things. Uh, when you're single and young, it's not really that big of a deal. But to me, that would be one of the biggest things. But Nick, has uh, you rationalized this once the best way ever for me. Do you remember when you did that calculation? Yeah, well, the reason I did that calculation is because I was sitting in a basement on a Sunday evening with a, a shop vac sitting on the stairs and just had it at, like a little, at the edge of some laminate flooring and just sucking out all this water from underneath this laminate flooring. So I had a lot of time to think. But um, and I was like, why the hell am I sitting here doing this right now? Um, because our, 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 the guy that would want to take care of us, it was, I forget like what weekend, but he just wasn't around. It was just one of these odd days he wasn't around. I'm like, man, I have to go down there. So, um, but yeah, I, I thought about the time I was spending and I thought about the income that this property was making and then the value, the equity build up and all that stuff. And I just figured out how much time have I spent in this over the years of this property, actual time. And then how much money has it made? And I'm like, wow, these are like some of the most profitable hours that I can have. Mm -hmm. Right. So it just kind of made sense. I had to justify myself doing being there for somehow. So that's how I did it. 
I do the same thing. It's a good work lesson. Like for example, when someone gets offered promotion, they look at they should look at how much money they're going to make more and how many more hours are expected to work. And then what's your new what's your new hourly rate? I look at everything like that way. Cuz actually we actually know people who've been offered a promotion at the same and it works out to be the same hourly rate. You have to work this many dollars more for but you have to work this many hours more, so you're making the same money per hour. Is that worth it to you? So the same, I just do the same thing like Nick mentioned, because uh, we had uh, those major windstorms we had like a month or two months ago. My handyman was on vacation in like Italy or something, so I had to go deal with it. So it's important that you have a partner that's supportive. Honey, I had to go deal with this. Uh, it, was a, it was the cover over the front door, so it's aluminum, it's sharp, it's blowing away. So something had to be dealt with immediately. So I told Jerry, like, I go deal with this. Uh, and so, yeah, I, took, went, I went and dealt with it. My customers are paying me over $3,000 a month for me to spend maybe two hours to go deal with it. Like that's what do you do not do that for your customer who's paying you $36,000 a year, right? And I brought them, I bought them gift certificates for the, for the local trampoline park as well to say sorry for the trouble. Oh, you're a nice guy, Erwin. Yeah. Hey, so um, then on that note, when you talk to investors, uh, you said you'll talk some people out of it if they have too many concerns. Yeah. What are some of those concerns that you've heard? Like, uh, like people who are just petrified of tenants. Uh, for example, I have, like, I have a friend who works for one of the huge, uh, makes really good money, petrified of tenants. He won't do it, and I believe he won't be an investor. So then I, refer, I recommended him do something else. So like a private equity. And, and what was his estate. fear? I'm curious. Petrified in ten of tenants in what way? He just wouldn't do it. I knew he wouldn't do it. You know, as he's, he was in my wedding party. Like he's, I know him that well. But there's just some people I know that won't do it because we we know there's lots of people that won't do this. Anyone can do it. It's just that they what do they want it enough? I found that because yeah, I've met similar people, of course. Both Nick and I have, and I found that when anyone's facing a major fear in life, if they just write down the worst case scenario of what they're scared of, and then next to that worst case scenario, you see if you can kind of solve it. Mm -hmm. um, it really becomes not that big of a deal. So with investors, I they usually will write down things like, well, I'm scared the house is gonna burn down. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, like you can put next to that worry that you have insurance. Mm -hmm. And, or some of them are like, I'm scared the tenants are gonna destroy and damage the house. That's always a big one. I'm like, well, there's actually insurance policies that you can buy. They'll cost you a little bit more, but they exist to protect you against damage from tenants. Another one will be vacancies. You can actually get insurance to protect you against that as well. So once you write that list and you get your fears out of your head and put it on paper, I found in life, real estate or otherwise, you can kind of minimize those things and then it becomes almost black and white like, yeah, I should probably kind of proceed with this, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. But when you just have that big bad fear in your head and you can't articulate it or you don't put it on paper, I find it kind of just grows on you or it does on me anyway. So, uh, and there's just those people that just you just, you know they want it more than anybody else. Like Evelyn LaMarche De Francesco, her maiden name, like, you, you just knew she wanted it more than anybody else. 26 years old, bought 10 houses in seven years. She just wanted it more than anybody else, right? And there's just those people as well. And I know, I can tell when someone doesn't want it that badly. Yeah, why is that, do you think? Their job's too good, they're making too much income, they're too comfortable where they are already? Yeah, yeah, because, you know, uh, I, this is something I do to myself is I do these things to uh, motivate myself. Like, like I said, I don't want to work into my retirement years to afford to send my kids to university. That is my problem. That is a horrible problem in my mind. And I don't want to be a bad parent. I can't afford to send my kids to school. So I, I created that problem in my head. And it's probably a legitimate problem. So I go and deal with these things. We bought them each a house. Well, the flip side is it's, it's a lifestyle decision too. They're like, look, I'm happy. Like I, I want to come home. And I don't want to think about my phone potentially ringing. And I don't want to think about reading a real estate headline and worrying about, you know, the interest rates and where they're going and, and what's happening in certain areas. Like, they just, they just don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. So there's that, too. It's not, you know what I mean? And they're like, I'm good. This mm -hmm. is like, I, I'm comfortable working till I'm, you know, whatever, whatever age and then taking my retirement because I have a pension there. And, and I'm just going to, that, that pension's going to make me happy mm -hmm. with CPP. And that's mm -hmm. it. And that's great. I mean, that's that's a great solution, and that's a great life for a lot of people too. And there's, you know, they don't. Not I, I. I just personally don't think like one's better for the other. I think for no. I think for some people, one is better than the other, but not for everyone, right? What I don't know if people understand is, and because I don't think the people dig into this stuff as much as we do. Like for example, the same friend, he said, because I said like, how are your kids going to ever afford a house? He goes, well, we did it. My parents did it. Okay, so then I didn't really dig into it, but I dug into my head, like. 
your dad was an executive at a big telecom company. Your mom stayed at home. My friend and his wife both make a lot of money. <laughs> How will your kids incrementally make more money just like you and your wife did? You went from single income, mom stayed home, to double income. Now, what are your kids expected to do? It's a right. good argument. I use that a lot too. And I find what most people dismiss it as well uh, with like, well, incomes will go up. Like that's the answer that I usually get is like whenever I say, hey, you know, property prices are going up at a rate that is not matching income. And mm -hmm. now I think in the last five years, it's becoming obvious to people because the delta is so big. But 10, 15 years ago, I would have these conversations and the answer was always like, well, property prices are going up, but you know, that's kind of like inflation and uh, incomes will go up. And I'm like, you can't dismiss it like that because the rate that incomes are going up is so much less than the rates property is going to go up. Mm -hmm. And now we're seeing that. Like, I remember having this conversation around 2005, and now we're like 14 years later. And I can see, like, yeah, to your point, it's going to be very difficult going forward. There's a Globe and Mail article, a Toronto Star article right now, that says today, in today's world, if you're not the, in the 10%, top 10% of income earners in Toronto, you basically can't qualify for a property. I'd have the article in front of me, so I can't remember the math they were using, if it was like an a single family home or what they were saying, but uh, that's kind of the trend that we're headed. And if I extrapolate that forward another 14 years with the population growth that we're going to have in here, and listen, the Federal Reserve just basically is on the fence right now on whether they should hold interest rates in the U.S. They've been wanting to increase them. They've been wanting to get them to like 4%. So they've wanted to increase them, but now they're thinking, do they hold them again? Or there's some talk of like, is there even a need to possibly decrease them? So when you have monetary policy that's just feeding money into the economy and a population growth situation in Toronto, I feel like this is never discussed. What is going to be the next 14 years? What will it look like here? Like this just fascinates me to no end, but I'll, I'll stop on that because I know I got crazy on that. So um, what for you guys, what's now you you are running your I win thing. You have Grant Cardone coming. Can you how do you get to the point where you're so first? How do you get to the point where Grant Cardone's coming to Canada? Like, is that something you also don't tell Cherry about where you just kind of go and say, hey, Cherry? That's her uh, idea. What oh, was your no, idea? That's not my idea. About Cherry, you're rubbing your, you clo Cherry's closing her eyes and rubbing her head as she starts to talk about this. So what, what, Look, what? Cherry did they... didn't like my original idea. So she pushed it and, and then we kind of got here. <laughs> it's not as simple as that. So I think her... Uh, his coach recommended him to do some free training class and and uh at the, got time, the idea from you guys <laughs> yeah, at the time i got coached by a different guy and he said oh yeah people uh, what's uh, people pay money pays attention pay uh, something like that and i said oh, no, no no don't do free class it doesn't make any sense because people would not value it um so do no offense you guys not not the same thing uh, but um essentially like you should do something different and Tom and I got already doing the free class um he also had experience of doing free class and having like two people show up yeah uh, we had that happen once yeah 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 so it was we've had that happen before once <laughs> I remember I think it was December we started the class with like eight people in a room that could clearly handle more than that and they're all <laughs> scattered out and you start talking you're like oof, yeah. this isn't too great yeah so then I was like oh let's do something different and in my head at the time, I was thinking, okay, maybe do like maybe a 50 people event, uh, but pay event. And uh, we have a bunch of friends that are in real estate. We can have them all teach something. And um, and then I think uh, my grandmother passed away at that time. So I flew back to Hong Kong. And the next thing I know is Erwin is connecting with all these friends. Mm -hmm. And there was a first meeting that happened, that caused it happened. And then... And then I think it kind of took off from there. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we were we we're thinking about uh, hiring a speaker, and that and so then we were looking at that doing like a two hundred. Because right now event. you host monthly meetings, yeah. correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got right it. now we host monthly meetings, uh, about fifty people. We have fifty members right now. Um, so I'm used to doing events. Uh, we've done events of like two thirty before as well. Um, and then we're looking at hiring a speaker because that seems to be a good model that works for for these types of events. And then, uh, and this is actually a nice story for like the good, the good guy, not saying I'm a good guy, but uh, an introduction was made for me to, and then from there, another introduction was made to me for me. And then from there, another introduction was made to me that connected me with Grant Cardone's party and he was available. 
So like, oh my god. <laughs> and so for those uh, people, because some people don't know who Grant Cardone no. is, can you just explain this guy and what you know what he's about and why this is like a big deal? So it was Cherry's idea to go to uh, 10x Growth Con. Yeah, because it's obvious business reason, and <laughs> we just need to tag along um, to have our vacation then, so we can write off our expenses. Uh, that's why we were in Miami attending 10x Growth Con. Okay, so uh, let me paint the picture here, and I'll let you continue in a second. So Grant Cardone, um, a yeah. big real estate personality yeah. in the U.S., runs a lot of advertisements around real estate and mm -hmm. creating wealth. He ran a conference in Miami that was going to be one of the biggest business conferences around in present day called the yeah. Uh, 10x growth con, con. And, and they did get 32,000 people yeah. in a baseball was it a baseball stadium or Marlins football? baseball stadium Marlins baseball so that's stadium. Florida's baseball so you guys stadium. tacked on a vacation Nick and I do have done similar kind of stuff where you go to a conference in a nice location you're like oh this is a good reason to go to hang out for yeah. a little bit yeah, yeah 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 so you go down to this thing you yeah. get exposed to this guy and what he's about you come back here and you're deciding about the speaker and this is where Irwin to your point you get put in touch with Grant Cardone's people. I forget at which point. No, I think we were already we were already in works to get him here. Uh, okay. We're just negotiation, I think. No, because we, yeah. we have emails with, with our team from December working on this. I, 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 I don't know if we necessarily fix on have decided at that time because yeah. we're in negotiations yeah. negotiations took forever well there, there there's also a price point that we have to get used to right like there it's a business decision because yeah, now investment. you're spending more money than you ever have exactly. to put an event together mm -hmm. yeah absolutely so so what do you have planned tell everyone what's going on so uh, we were stretching ourselves to think we would hire like a dragon like someone from the dragon's den possibly someone from shark tank and then then, then that's how and then the availability of grant was there and then we, yeah, we, we did that. So then what we're planning for November 9th is, well, from our, from this journey that I've been on, my wife's been on, partly been on with, largely with you two, uh, been here since 2010, for example. <laughs> I've been how long it's been? Yeah, it's been yeah. Really? Shit. I know, man, crazy. Holy cow. I, tell, I still tell this? people the story how I got here. And people are like, oh, that's so smart. Is it time for me to share the story? You bought sure. me a book, didn't you? I thought, you know the only was reason, it that complicated to start working no, together with us? So you oh, know very what, complicated. The only reason that I actually met with Irwin um, is because I thought you were a member. At that time, <laughs> at that time we were so busy, uh, yeah. like, and I don't know how I booked it. Someone else booked it. I don't know. And I, I just almost never even took meetings outside of. I mean, well, still even less now. So I did. I did take some meetings, I guess, with that. But I thought you remember when we were meeting. I remember our first meeting. Mm -hmm. But so how did you get here? Yeah, I'm curious. So back in the day before social media was really popular, we were doing email lists, right? Like, oh, you know, anyone wants to meet up for talking about Hamilton investing, you know, get on this email list, right? And it was, wasn't was like formal, wasn't Infusionsoft, nothing like that. It was just everyone, just keep yeah, replying B to this. B this BCC yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Just keep replying to this email and you'll be on the list, right? So so I was on one of those. I was frustrated with, with the broker I was working with because he, um, or traditional real estate, residential, didn't, wasn't jiving with me for investment side uh, so I asked the question to the email list uh, hey does anyone know anyone uh, who who specializes in investments in Hamilton and then it's actually Maria Marcuse replied back and said Leslie Kitchen Leslie Kitchen she's amazing Leslie at rockstarbrokers.com can I share her email address <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> so like oh it's, what's this Rockstar, so I copy paste rockstarbrokers.com put it into Google and then I find the free training class and then I got here and then a free training class. I was like, wow, this, this is great. And then, and then Tom, you give the presentation. So everyone swarms you afterwards. But I, I, I like to research people. So I know Nick is highly involved in this business as well. So <laughs> I, I go feel straight like Irwin, to Nick. you and Nick are different personality types. I can just imagine that first meeting. <laughs> but I went straight to Nick because there's no lineup for I, Nick. I actually don't even remember this. I yeah. just remember meeting with you at the office we were at that time. Mm -hmm. But at this I don't even remember. So, what, so was I nice to you or was I like, why yeah. is this guy talking to me? No, we were cool. Everything was cool. I forget where I was in my point or my journey for getting my license. Because you were still in the corporate well. world yeah, as well. Yeah, in the corporate world. I was an existing investor. Uh, I believe I'm the first person to join with join Rockstar without being a uh, uh, before being a member. You might be. I think yeah. you were. Yeah. Now I think I remember because you said your um, broker when you were leaving went and looked up like our yeah. team members. Right? Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. So what's common? I didn't realize. So now I know that's very common, right? So when someone's leaving a brokerage, what they'll do is the broker. Well, so we don't do any of this, so that's why I don't know. Um, but uh, 
the broker will go and look up the person or the brokerage and be like, well, look, they're not doing any business. Like, it doesn't make sense for you guys for for you to go there. And um, but it's, and brokerages uh, would say that about us because our business was so scattered across Ontario, yeah. you couldn't yeah. you couldn't see if we well, were what, doing business. It wouldn't actually say the brokerage; it would say their like the reps' names and like the top rep who I knew the volume that that person was doing. You know, and you said you said what the broker showed the broker showed you, and I was like, yeah, but that doesn't work because he's looking in one board, not between the Hamilton board, the Toronto board. And at that time, it was even more segmented. Now there's a regional board, so it'll give you a little bit of better idea. But um, but yeah, I was I was like, oh my god, I'd never thought about that. But yeah, so yeah. I wasn't licensed at that point though. But he, uh, the plan he wanted me though. I was his client. Yeah, I think he saw potential, and then he was he was livid <laughs> that I didn't join. Yeah, that's right. I remember that now. Yeah. yeah. I so, remember you just it, calling me saying, hey, do you want to have lunch at this Greek restaurant with this guy, Irwin? And I'm like, I don't know. Are you paying for lunch? Let's go. <laughs> and we sat down. And then I think that's when you said, explain, hey, what you wanted to. So this must have been after you met with Nick. Yeah, yeah. Then, this is after I met with Nick. And I don't, it, it's been a long time. But I remember you coming to the interview with Nick because I said, hey, I want to join this place. You came to my interview with Nick and you shook my hand because you said, this is the best job application I've ever seen. <laughs> wow. For you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, don't remember any, said, I don't remember any of that. <laughs> JP Galbus was pretty good, his, his thing, because he wrote us a lot. At the same free training class, he came, and during the class, he ended up writing us this big, long letter of, on the back of the enrollment form of why he wanted to work with us. And he uh, and, then and we, we like met, literally just found the letter at the end of the class. It was like Did tossed you know? in with a bunch of other papers. We're like, hey, Nick, look, somebody left us a handwritten note. <laughs> So yeah, there's been there's been a few. Yeah, yeah. So, but, yeah okay, it's cool. So it's worked out. I mean, it's worked out. It's been great. Yeah. So you joined at that moment, that mm -hmm. many years ago, and mm -hmm. it's led you to this point now. Yeah. So yeah. carry us through. So what are you what, what are you doing? So number ninth, a bunch of our friends to get together, trying try to. It's hard to explain what we do, but I've met a lot of people on this on this journey, uh, people who are rep can consistently, repetitively make good income, build wealth. Uh, many of them have real estate but they also do other things. Some do other things for active income. One of my friends is a, is a stock investor who sells options to make more active income. I have friends who, you know, survived for four years without they had to because the passing of a partner like became a single dad overnight with three kids. So he couldn't work for four years. So he, how he survived was through real estate, like refinances, sold the property and did private lending. So these are these are strategies that we'll be discussing discussing on uh, on November 9th, Toronto Congress Center, um, and of course we have our keynote, uh, Grant Cardone, Tom. We invited Tom to speak as well because starting a small business is a good way to generate Great. active I'm, income. I'm glad you heard, you invited me and I didn't hear Nick's name. Perfect. We're cutting Nick out of the equation. Yeah, I, I, just, I don't know if I can get both of you guys. So. I think that's great. I think Tom should go and not me. So this is Because Nick is knows great. how, oh, how much work it is to put a presentation yeah. together. So I'm like, yeah, this, this is, is great. great. I paid Erwin. There's another way that there's another way they're going to share how to make money. Offer uh, people not to present and pay them so they get the, they get the brother to make go instead. Make one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it. yeah, you both have tickets to come. So if anyone wants to hang out with Tom and Nick too, they'll be there. Uh, the and then when, when you're working with Grant, sorry, we'll share the website in a second. When you're working with someone like a Grant Cardone, do you ask him to speak about a certain uh, subject or does he yeah. come in with like a prepared talk? Uh, we are contractually able to choose what he, uh, we, we, we negotiated this, but we are choosing what to say. And the plan is uh, we'll choose a topic. I'll probably go back to some old footage to see what I liked, what we liked. I'll poll, I'll poll some folks as well. Because there's actually there are quite a few fans in Canada. Like uh, there's a bunch of know, us that went down to yeah, Miami. I know there are because people have yeah. approached me about Grant Cardone specifically yeah, yeah. and said they were really excited to hear the news that you were doing mm -hmm, this and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So it's super cool. Yeah, and he's a wealth hacker too himself. You know, start from nothing. His dad died when he was like what, a teenager. Uh, uh, now he's grown his, his real estate business to over a billion over a billion under assets uh, assets under management. Uh, he actually focuses on low cap rates, which I was really fascinated by. And uh, he's one of the top sales trainers in the world because he focuses largely on uh, doing corporate sales, uh, selling to corporations, l large teams that have salespeople. Uh, so he's, yeah, we, uh, I jive with him because it's, uh, I think sales skills is, a, is something that's completely neglected in education and what I see out there. And, and honestly, what I see when people people know we're doing this event, so people are pitching us to come speak at our event, and like, wow, that's the best pitch you got. <laughs> How did you get yourself some sales skills? Is that the coach that you hired to help you that with that? Because uh, you don't come from a sales background. No, right? I don't. I come from uh, I come from a business background. I'm a I'm a high C by by trade, so I'm a so like in your I'm an analytical profile? person. Yeah, yeah, I'm an analytical person, but I'm also someone that believes that 
uh, whatever skill you you want, you can go learn. Uh, so I've studied Brian Tracy extensively. Um, that's probably my biggest source of training. I've listened. I've gone through his sales training program at least four times. So for those, if, if anyone's listening, you don't know about DISC. It's one of the personality personality profile types, mm-hmm. and DISC is driven. I is interpersonal. S is steadiness. C is compliant. Is that how it goes? Something like that. And so you're high C. You're D. I'm DC. Yeah. Oh, you're DC. Yeah. That's really rare. Yeah, that is. We don't see that often. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. And then so the website, like to check this out, what's the website to go to? Yeah, wealthhacker.ca. Again, that's wealthhacker.ca. Um, and we have a discount code. Can we go ahead and share yeah, it? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, we, we have a discount code for 10% off. Uh, it's YLYT, which is the acronym for this show. Your Life, Your Turns. YLYT is the discount code. Uh, wealthhacker.ca. Cool, that's very kind. Thank you. Well, happy to, you know, we've, we've done, we've, we're so grateful to be here. Uh, it's funny because so many people have asked me, like, are you still at Rockstar? They haven't kicked you out yet. I'm like, uh, do you know something? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. And then the other end of it is for people who don't know who Rockstar is, the assumption is that they always ask, do you own it? Is that your brokerage? Like, there's a few people here that actually own Rockstar. A few other people on the team that. that yeah, we've uh, had that over the years where multiple it's people. Cool. We can all own it. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's all do but, it. It's um, good. And then just leading up, like this is obviously a big deal. Something the biggest you've ever done, putting on an event like this. G- what's going through your head right now? Like, what are you guys freaking out about? I think that's interesting for people to know. Like, what is it that's in the back of your mind right now, saying, "Holy shit!" Because there's got to be something. Oh yeah. Is all it the time. is it getting just people to show up? Um. To, I guess money is one thing, right? Cash flow. So I did um, share in the Rockstar Entrepreneur Bootcamp that, hey, like if you go into a new business, to me it's a brand new business, um, you really need to do the projection. And for us to look at our money situation every single month coming in and going out, it's 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 a big deal. Um, I think the second part is that um, Erwin being um, uh, excellent at delegating work, means also that someone has to pick up the slack and he has a great team we have megan we have maria and we have um darren as our our social marketer guy uh we have an event planner but sometimes you still need the internal that's the reason why you guys are partnered together right you you guys own this brokerage together so so i feel like i'm the one that has to piece them all together and um so putting it in a system and trying to track it and and that is the really overwhelming part for Mm -hmm. me what people read out there, like people read like four hour work week and they think, oh, yeah. it's, it, it, you know, just four hours. Hey, you get it. You have systems. You have it all documented. You've trained your assistant. It's easy now. Yeah. It's four <laughs> years to get to four hours. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know if you ever actually do get to four hours. Yeah. Like there's the things always get dropped and you still have to always cover for things and everything needs more handholding than you expect. So that's that's it's an overall thing. Like Cherry said, cash flow. Uh, thank God for our portfolio because without our portfolio, we wouldn't have the seed capital to do this because we're able to do this all entirely ourselves. We are the only investor on this. There are the, the, we've had people reach out just like softly, like, "Hey, do you want to invest here?" But uh, I think you guys know. Do you really want to give up control? Yeah, control is a big part for us about living life on our own terms. Is having control about everything we do. Mm-hmm. And and to your point about the four hour work week and stuff, I think we have races in life. You know, you you have sprints. Like this is a sprint for you. Putting on this no thing in November is a sprint where you're going to kind of run hard towards this date. But after that, you might have a few weeks of four hours. Who knows where you're chilling out and that kind of stuff. So I think Jerry doesn't believe it, but there 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 might be moments where you kind of go through a big race to accomplish something, and then you can totally chill out. And I think really in life we need that in the week in the months and in throughout the years, right? You just happen to be entering a bit of a sprint, a big one for you guys. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I just want to thank you for sharing your story. It's pretty unique with you guys both. You're very open in sharing your journey, like share everything you're sharing just about your own business and about this yeah. event. Erwin, you're very much like that as well. It's not common for people to just kind of bluntly and humbly kind of just state where they're at in life and what they're doing and for some of the reasons that they're doing them. So really just thank you for sharing that information the way you have here. I mean, it's a big deal. I think it's important. I would have liked to listen to something like this from people like yourselves when I was about to quit my job and kind of get started just to kind of get into your minds a little bit. So really just want to thank you for sharing the way you have. Well, we've, I mean, I personally, I could speak out for it for myself, but I, we've learned everything from you guys too, right? Like from the marketing side. So then I don't, I can avoid learning the hard sales pitch type of, uh, skills that yeah. I 
don't really have so I can put my marketing system uh, bulletproof so that I can just walk in and do the sales mm -hmm. without doing much sales pitch. So that's the part that I'm really grateful for. Cool. Like you should, Tom, you, should, you guys should see my DMs and texts. It's all all straight for the sale. Yeah, 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 yeah. For people who want to come people and speak who, at your yeah. event. Yeah, got it. Uh, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is hilarious. Like, I don't even know you. Uh, yeah, cool. So give us the date one more time and the URL one more time. November 9th, Toronto Congress Center. November 9th, this year, 2019. Well, uh, URL is wealthhacker.ca. Discount code YLYT. Capitals, no capitals, does it matter? Hopefully it doesn't matter. We're okay. trying to keep things simple. <laughs> okay. Try it both right. ways. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate Thank this. You. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Hey, everyone. It's Tom Crads again. So hopefully you enjoyed that. And you can get more information on Irwin's event in November at wealthhacker.ca. He offered that discount code YLYT. So if you want to buy tickets for his event, you can get them there uh, using that code. That was very gracious of Irwin. Thank you, Irwin. Wealthhacker.ca is the URL to get more information about the event. And if you are looking for real estate specific information, some of the best stuff are the reports that I was mentioning at the beginning. You can go to rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash reports. There's four different reports that we have lie on live on there. And the latest one is Ontario's population explosion, the untold story. So if you want some of the population data and some of the go train expansion data that we've collected all in one report, you can get that at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash reports. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the feedback. And hey, if you're listening, Listening to this podcast and you haven't had the chance to give us a rating on iTunes yet, we would greatly appreciate it. If you think we've deserved and earned that and you haven't done that yet, we thank you in advance for even considering to take the time to do that. Really means a lot to us. The feedback about the podcast really means a lot to us. Thanks for all of it coming in. Um, we really, really appreciate that. And if you have any ideas for the show, you can always email them to podcast at rockstarinnercircle.com. That's podcast at rockstarinnercircle.com. That's it for now. Until next time, your life, your terms.